Welcome to this week's Basic Filmmaker Podcast. Thanks for joining me. This week, I'm just going to briefly cover some questions I had about scripting and scripts. Now, I am not a professional script writer or screenwriter, but I've seen plenty, and I can talk to you about some of the basics. So when you hear these terms or you're trying to learn about this, it doesn't blow your mind. Now, let's just go over some formats of scripts. Now, when you see a script and you're novice to screenwriting or script writing, you're going to look at it. You're going to go, wow, what the heck is this? And just like anything else, it needs to be practiced and it needs to be understood and learned. That's part of the trade. When I was 20 years old and I was being a draftsman engineer, there were certain acronyms and certain things and certain ways you did something. And if you looked at a plan drawing, there was a way you put the arrows on there. There was a way you drew things. There was a way you titled things. There were certain shortening of words that you used throughout the industry, and you had to learn that. And the same goes for scripts and screenwriting. When you are deciding to write a feature script, decide. <laughs> You know, if you're just going to go off and do that, I wouldn't suggest it. I would suggest you practice like anything else. It's kind of like gra grabbing a camera and you're going to run out there and you're going to shoot it with a bunch of your friends and that's your feature film. I'm sorry, it does take some experience and some learning. Now, if you're going to shoot that, you need to use the proper formatting because the idea is you hope to sell this script. And if somebody looks at your script and they don't see the proper formatting, 99.9% .9 repeating of the time, it will just hit the trash or it will be returned to you. You've got to know the difference between these scripts and these terms and how they work. Now, the first thing is a spec script, and then the other one is a shooting script. Now, a spec script is called a spec script because it's a speculation. You're doing a script and you're thinking there might be a future sale of that script. They're always written in the present tense. And the way they do this is it has scene headings, then it has a bit of narrative description, then it'll have these dialogue blocks. You may be familiar with these if you've gone online and looked at these and checked them out. There's no direction. You don't put in the spec scripts direction for camera or sound or music, editing. Um, all that is implied through the writing that you're doing in this spec script. Now, it makes it easier to read and it makes it simple to read. You can go find uh, like sample scripts. Uh, there's like, uh, I don't know, the Godfather and various scripts that are all over. A shooting script, that's different. Those are scripts that are made and they're used during when they're producing, for instance, like a movie. They're really detailed, unlike a spec script. They have scene numbers and they show sometimes transitions and they might include things like camera angles. Shooting scripts can be really confusing for novice people because they break all the formatting rules that you would normally learn in school or when you're trying to do this. 
Now, these shooting scripts, they're used in a production. They're formatted with helpful information. The director may request things in there. You would not use a shooting script to sell it. And if you come across one and you see one of these shooting scripts with all the camera angles and everything else, don't use that and think you're going to go sell that script because it'll immediately, they'll go, well, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. So take these things and and put them all together and use them for your production. But remember, you haven't sold your spec script yet. You haven't been hired yet. There's no promise of money. So there's no sense in doing a shooting script because somebody who's going to invest in this film or this short or whatever, it's going to confuse them. They're not going to like it. They're going to see that uh, you're a rookie. The only time you would write something like a shooting script is when you're going into production. So let's go back to a spec script. Spec script, it just basically is laid out with some terminology. For instance, there are these scene headings. Um, It's also called the slug line. And it basically says, is it interior or exterior? What's the location? And what's the time of day? And that's pretty much it. So they're written on one line. They're capitalized. It might be like INT period. That's for interior. And it might say uh, Betty's bedroom hyphen night. So it's all on one line and it's capitalized. The interior and exterior are always abbreviated as INT period and EXT period. Time of day is limited to day and night. Occasionally, you'll see the use of dawn and dusk. If any of the three elements change, it creates a new scene and a new heading is required. So let's say the next time it takes place somewhere else, but it's during the day, we would now go to INT int period, int Betty's living room day, or it might be EXT period exterior uh, Starbucks day. Now they know they're going to be shooting outside of Starbucks, or it might say int Starbucks day. They know that's going to be an interior scene. It's all different. So they can run through this and they go, oh, I get it. I'm outside of Starbucks. I'm inside of Starbucks. I'm in her room. I'm outside her house. Like it makes it really easy to read. So Now you get into things that are like special scene headings. They help clarify issues like what's the time and what's the space. They might include like a month and a year. Turns between different time periods. You can write it in a bunch of different ways. Uh, Like it'll say uh, spring 1946. Well, you immediately know reading this that's in the spring of 1946. Or it might be winter 3122 for something in the future. Now, when you're returning to a location after a time or a scene change, let's say uh, we had interior winter 1956, and then she goes along and she fuzzles out and all of a sudden it's spring 3122. You go through and all that's happening. And let's say we're going to go back to her bedroom. We're going to say simply back to. Now, these are all caps. Back to Betty's bedroom or whoever I was using there. Or back to the year. Back to 1956. Back to spring 1956. Or back to whatever you're going back to or back to the present. Now, you can use other things. And remember, all the things I've talked about. Back to the present. Back to spring 1956. Uh, etc. These are all capitalized 
in this particular script. Now you can also use something as simply as saying capitalized later. There's a minor shift in time. Let's say uh, Betty's getting out of her bedroom, uh, she's getting ready, and then you move to later, maybe she's in the kitchen, or later that day. Now you can indicate an earlier time that's going on. For instance, if I'm moving back in time, some earlier time, you can simply say flashback colon. Next would be montage. You're going to be montage colon capital. It can also be implied in the writing, but you're going to have this short series of related scenes. You know, Betty gets up, Betty goes to the bathroom, Betty comes out of the bathroom, Betty makes her bed, Betty grabs her clothes, Betty goes out into the living room, Betty picks up her, you know, there's just a sort of montage. Now there's also intercut, capital intercut colon. You're going to say that this scene takes place in more than one location. For instance, like a telephone call, you're going to say intercut, and you get Bob's going to say hello. Mary's going to say, "Hey, Bob, what's happening?" Bob's going to go, "Hey, Mary, what's up?" And you're, it's an intercut. You're intercutting between the two. Now, if there was just a phone call and the guy was answering, and you could hear Mary talking on the other line, and they didn't cut away or they didn't cut back and forth between them, you wouldn't use intercut. Now, interestingly enough, after all that and the these are the strict rules. Um, some of these special scene headings are kind of personal taste, and they do kind of put your stamp on what your writing style is. The idea is they should make the script easier to read. The more complex you get with these, the more you're using them incorrectly. If you doubt about it, if you're like, oh, I wonder if I should use this scene heading or I should do this, and I'm not sure if this makes sense, then don't use it. Now, these special scene headings, you can use them alone or you can use them with each other, like in conjunction with a normal heading. Like it can say, you can have like, oh, these are all caps, remember. Again, you're writing it. Uh, spring 1956, next line, interior, INT period, Betty's bedroom, hyphen, night. You can also use these special scene headings on the same line. It might improve the writing flow or the readability, like interior, Betty's living room, hyphen night, spring 1956. Now let's talk about narrative description. So a narrative description, you're basically telling the story as it plays out on the screen. And then right below your scene heading, you're going to start writing. It should be lean. It should be visual. It should be action and it should move the story forward. Very, very concisely is this written, but it should have enough, just a bit of flair to engage the person. Remember, someone's going to read this thing, and if you don't engage them and you don't pull them in and you start writing all this blah, 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 they're just going to throw it down, especially if you're trying to, like, throw this thing at somebody and get them to read it and get them to fund it. Uh, you know, that's the last thing you want. So here is kind of a rule which is you write only what can be seen and heard. In a, one of these scripts, everything must be in terms of a picture and sound. So the narrative description should never, never, never include anything that cannot be seen or heard. This is a tough one. Uh, and if you're having a hard time with it and you just need to think about it or run through it and write your script correctly. 
For instance, you're not going to sit there and Mary gets up spring of 1956 and you're going to describe that she's not feeling well and how she feels and she's a little bit upset with herself because last night she had too much to drink. No, uh, you're describing the character's feelings and that cannot be recorded. The way you show the feelings, thoughts, or the me memories, like they got to be out in the world and externalized, like through action or dialogue or maybe some flashback scenes. Let's talk for a moment about uppercase. The old formatting convention was to write all character names and sound effects in uppercase. Now, this makes it really easy to break down a shooting script, but it serves no purpose in a spec script. Caps, therefore, are no longer used in narrative description, except when a character is first introduced. This introduces this new character for the reader. Betty uh, would be capped, and then you're talking about her and what she sees and what she hears, and then all of a sudden you would see uh, Bob walks into the room. Bob would be capitalized because it's the first time Bob is there. Now let's talk about timing next. It's this assumption in the movie industry that this one page of screenplay equals one minute of on time on the screen. That's kind of okay if you're trying to plan this thing out. But the average feature film is what? Uh, 120 minutes? 160 minutes? Or getting up to, you know, 180 minutes and even more? So you're looking about 120 pages for 120 minutes, roughly. Now, because they have this convention, the description passages should cover as many pages as the scene is expected to run in real time. For example, like if you sense that an action scene will take one minute of screen time, it should be written to cover page one rather than in one line. Does that make sense? It takes some doing and it takes some understanding. Now let's talk about people talking. And these are called dialogue box or they are referred to as speeches. Um, they have three parts. They have the character name and dialogue, kind of like this. You've got Betty, and then it's called Riley, W-R-L-Y. And that's just basically how a line should said. For instance, you got in the middle of the script, centered, it says Betty. And then on the next line, the Riley, it's in parentheses, it says quietly, and then what Betty says, not in quotes, just what Betty says. She says, oh, damn him. And that's saying quietly. Or Betty loudly, oh, damn him, right? So the character names written in uppercase. The Rileys are in lowercase, all in lowercase, inside parens. And the dialogue is written in a normal sentence case, like with a period and everything. So this Riley thing, what's this Riley thing? It was named after... Some novice screenwriters who characters say things in a wry way. Uh, Riley's should be used if the dialogue, like what you're going to say, is not clear. you got to keep it to a bare minimum. You want to say quietly, uh, not quietly, uh, loudly, with force, forcefully, forcefully through his mouth, and then you've kind of lost it. You've gone too far for the spec script. You, you don't want to go that far. You just want to keep him to a bare minimum. Um, you can do action, Riley, if it's a few words and it helps the flow of action. All right, so when a character speaks in narration, 
You know, it's like something that uh, the character's speaking, you're showing Betty, and you hear this voice off screen going, and Betty woke up in the morning, and she was pretty pissed off. <laughs> um, it's indicated voiceover, like you might have a, like a narration, like a Bob, paren, voiceover, paren. Or you might have Bob, paren, V dot, O dot, period, paren, VO, all in one line. Now, that's narration. Now, if there's off-screen dialogue, that's different. Like if Betty's there, and then Bob is in the kitchen going, Hey, honey, you want a cup of tea? That's different. You're going to see Bob, capitalized, all in one line, paren, off-screen, close paren, or Betty, paren, O dot, S dot, paren, off-screen. It's as simple as that. Do remember if you're using some of these, especially in a spec script like VO and OS and all these, uh, you might include a key to this thing or you might just say voiceover or off screen. No one's going to ding you for that because someone may be reading this and they're not in the industry. Okay, now we get into footers. Now, when you're doing a, a screenplay, there are two types of footers. There's either paren continued and paren capitalized or paren more close print. So that footer, it depends on whether the page is breaking in the middle of a description, like a narration description, or in the middle of dialogue. So you're going along, you're reading the script, and the page break occurs in the middle of a description. The footer continued, paren capitalized, continued, and paren is used to indicate that the scene is continued on the next page and it's placed in the lower right corner of the page. You know, there might be uh, some sort of narrative description. Betty blinked at herself in the mirror. You feel she's done something last night or maybe has a hangover, but you're not sure. She grabs her face and pulls on her ears and looks up at the now, let's say there was a page break and it went to the next page, continued, and then you would finish that off. Now, if there is a page break in the middle of a dialogue on the footer, you're going to do paren more paren. That's simple. There, someone's reading through this. They're reading it like a story. Continued means this is going to continue to the next page. The dialogue is something somebody's saying, and it just makes a difference. So if it's the page break, goes to the, the dialogue goes to the next page right in the middle. You use paren, capital, paren, more. And it's used to indicate there's more dialogue, and it's centered directly under the last line of dialogue. So you remember... You have this narration, you have this stuff going on, explaining the scene, and it goes to the next page. You're going to say, paren, continued paren, on the bottom right-hand corner in the footer to the right hand of the page. If it's in the dialogue, it's going to be centered. For instance, you got Betty, quietly. I'm not sure what happened last night. I was up too late, and I don't remember a thing, and it goes to the next page, capital, more, and paren. So what happens is you have a cast, you have a crew, and they will break this script apart into scenes to correspond to the day's work. So you can take individual pages. By the way, those are called the sides. And it's easy for those to get lost. 
So the footer indicates that there's more pages in a given scene. So if you're going to use like, okay, we're going to shoot this scene tomorrow with Betty in the bedroom and you grab the um, side for that day, you don't just want to grab one page. You're going to grab everything that says, you know, continued and uh, more until you get to the end and then you're good and you're not sitting there with handing these things out and you're not sitting here with these sides or these pieces of script and someone gets to the end and not that this would happen it could happen that they break and someone had a messed up script and they break for the day and they find out they set up and everything else and there was another page whoever that person is they're fired so it used to be that you would use footers in every single script you ever wrote, ever. They don't really serve a purpose in a spec script. Um, there's kind of this trend where you leave them out. Um, you cannot use them. They can create clutter. They can make it cumbersome to read. Uh, but I would practice using them first before you start changing the old rules. All right. So here's some don'ts. This is not, this is what you don't do when you're formatting a spec script. So do not use scene numbers. Do not use camera angles. Do not use page footers. Now remember, we're talking about page footers, uh, possibly with, you know, more and with continued. Go ahead and use them, get used to it, and then take them out later. Do not use caps for sound effects in narrative description. So you're going along and you're saying, well, Betty now leaves the room and as she's walking out the house, she hears a hit big and then you hear bang and you capitalize bang. And you actually don't use that uh, anymore. You don't use caps in a narrative description for sound effects. Now, if you come across a character name in a narrative description, when it first appears, capitalize it, otherwise normal. And then what you don't want to do is you don't want a third person this. You don't want to say, we, we see John or we see Betty storm out the door. Just don't use we. You just say, Betty storms out the door. Follow? Okay. There's this thing about margins. And I know some people get mad about margins and margins are this and margins are that. There's all sorts of reasons. I'm not going to explain here why the margins are. Let's say... For purposes of discussion, if your margins are off, people will throw your script away and never read it and you'll never sell it. How about that? <laughs> so the standard margins are you have headings and a description, right? So 1.5 inches from the left, 1 inch from the right. The heading descriptions should be approximately 6 inches in width, period. Dialogue, 3 inches from the left, 2 inches from, from the right. It should stay around 3.5 inches wide. What do I mean by this? Like if you're writing dialogue, you have this big, long piece of dialogue, three inches from the left, two inches from the right, and then dialogue should stay around 3.5 inches wide, meaning it's going to run from three inches to the left, it's going to run 3.5 inches wide, and then it's going to wrap around on the next line. Character names, four inches from the left. We won't go into the others acceptable. You can actually go four and a quarter inches. Rileys, remember Rileys, like uh, softly, you're saying what it is, 3.5 inches from the left, and you can go up to three and three quarters inches, and that's acceptable. The top bottom margins are one inch from the top, one inch from the bottom. Page numbers, they're usually right, they're usually about a quarter to half an inch from the top, 
and maybe one inch to one and a quarter inches uh, from the left. Because remember, you on one side, the top right page, up there, and then when you turn the page over. You follow that? This whole margin thing, you just go out and you, you're using Word or you're using a word processor or whatever. You set all this up before and you tag these little things and then you start writing. Now, when you're doing line spacing, there are description and dialogue box and they're printed using single line spacing. The scene headings, the description, the dialogue blocks are separated using double line spacing. Is your brain full yet? This is a tough podcast because you're like swimming in all this stuff and you can't really see it. But if you're into script writing or, or you want to write spec scripts or whatever, you go look this up. But this will help you get an idea what to do. It sounds complicated. Most of this in script writing programs and some templates in Word, you can get it all set up. Now, this one's important. The screenplay on the title page must be in 12-point courier font. Nothing else, not 14 point, not 18 point to make your point, uh, not your comic sans because you think it's cool. 12 point courier, period, the end. Now, binding. Here's binding. Uh, you're talking about cover pages and how things are put together. Now, the cover page must be blank. How about that? Uh, you can put a different color on it, but there's no artwork, there's no logos, and after the cover comes the title page. It's kind of weird, isn't it? It's also called the fly page, believe it or not. You only have three sections on the title page. You have the title, you have the author, and you have the contact info. It usually looks like about mid-center a little bit up the title, uh, below that the author, and then at the bottom left, it usually has like the contact info. Now, copyright and registration information, you don't mention that because it dates the script. So producers want fresh material, right? I'm a producer. I'm sitting there. I want fresh material. And you get the script that's been floating around for, you know, three years. Somebody's trying to spec it out. And you put this date on there. It's 2020 right now. You see this date that's like 2014. You're like, I want fresh material, man. Not saying producers know what the heck they're doing, but they want fresh stuff. Second thing, there are no blank pages. There are no blank pages. Okay, good. Now, the... <laughs> Amazing all this stuff, right? Usually the script is held together with what they called number five ACO, A-C-C-O, folding brass fasteners with washers. And it's traditional to use two instead of three. Now you can use like screw brads, like Chicago screws. Those are acceptable. Don't use spiral binding. Just go through and have them punch correctly and use the brass fasteners correctly with the washers and use two of them and you're good. Now, the paper you use, and this is amazing what you have to do to have a script. Once, once you're a script writer, you don't even think about it. It's like once you're a podcast, you don't think about whether your microphone's in front of your face or your recorder's on. You just do your job. Well, this is part of their job, and this is very much for noobs looking at getting into script writing, especially spec scripts. Now, the paper, the script and title, should be 20-pound paper. It should be three-hole 20-pound paper. How about that, huh? That's why you use those brad, uh, those folding brass fasteners in two of the holes. So 20-pound, three-hole paper. You get you get cheap out. You get the 16-pound paper, which is thinner, and 11-pound, and oh, it's terrible. Or people try and use a dark gray for dark and stormy night paper, and they try and use thicker paper because it feels more like... No. 
He used 20-pound paper, white. Not gray, not blue, not green. White. 20-pound, three-hole paper. Now, on the cover, you can use whatever color or card stock of your choice. You don't care. The covers that fold over the fasteners are acceptable, and they look nicer, but they cost a bit more. Now, obviously, there's formatting software. You can get this stuff all over the place. It has the proper margins as you write. You can set up Word templates that do this. Stuff that helps you write, you can go out and check that. I'm not even going to go into that then here. But the thing about it is you have that and get used to the software. It will kind of help you format stuff. And that way you can just concentrate on writing rather than, oh, yeah, this is the... Oh, yeah, someone's talking, so I need to move the formatting in. And, oh, yeah, the paren, paren over here. It does all that for, for you. Now, some of these things I'll include ways to, like, generate and develop story ideas. They're okay. They're all right. Um, but, you know, you're more creative than that. But they can, like, ping your brain and get you going. Now, again, this was a tough one for me to do because I know it's a lot of blah, blah, and you don't have the thing in front of you. And I'm a true believer of having the thing in front of you. I don't like explaining a camera to you and its functions and how it works and how you set all the menus without you having the camera in front of you or without you seeing the camera. But someone requested this. They wanted to know some basics of uh, screenwriting in particular, what a spec script is, and what some of the rules are. And there you go. I hope this was helpful. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it didn't kill too many brain cells. And I hope you weren't uh, uh, listening to this while you're driving somewhere and (laughs) fell asleep going through all these things. I really appreciate you checking in on the podcast. If you have any suggestions that you would like to hear on my next podcast, do send them. My email is thebasicfilmmaker at gmail.com. Thebasicfilmmaker, all one word, at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out all the free uh, courses and the free files and sound effects and everything else. I mean, come on, it's free. And that's over at basicfilmmakeruniversity.com. Go check it out. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you listening to the podcast, and I appreciate your support. Have a great one, and we'll see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.